Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, July 18th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Spies the Spittin' Statistician, and I am overjoyed to be joined, as always, by my guy, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a hump day? Doing all right, doing all right. Uh, you know, busy getting the exclusive edge package out there for the uh, users on rotoexperts.com. Mm-hmm. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Check out our new brand new Slack chat channel where you get our que- your questions answered any time of the day by the experts. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely check out the Slack channel. Definitely go to rotoexperts.com for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package. You can enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. Scotty, if I'm trying to buy the exclusive Edge Package and I enter the code El Rey, would it work? No, you got to use English. But maybe I, uh, I can, maybe I can, I can do something about that. All right, we might have to figure that out. We'll ask what Josh Hader thinks about that. But we'll talk about that and the All-Star game and all the things that are happening around Major League Baseball in our second, in our next segment a little bit later on. Listen, we believe Manny Machado could be on the move today. In fact, we think the only reason it wasn't announced yesterday is because of the Midsummer Classic. You know, Josh Hader gives up some bombs, but then there were more bombs when he looked at his phone. We'll get into all that. Um, and really, why the All-Star game, in my opinion was the pure embodiment of the way baseball is in 2018. But we'll get to that in a little while because I know a lot of people are all hyped up on fantasy football, so we got to get you ready for that. Scott mentioned the Roto Experts exclusive edge package. Remember, you could also holler at us if you want kind of this live advice. The number to call is 844-843-6879 if you want to chat it up with Scotty and myself. You also can hit us up on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X, and uh, at Roto Experts, of course, later when Jake joins the show at All In Kid. Scott, I got a couple of things I want to bounce off of you that I saw yesterday. Um... 
Listen, we've been talking about the Rams and their wide receivers and this idea that, like, they're all kind of consistent. They're all kind of in the same vein. And who really represents the most value? We're talking about Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks. Well, the Rams think that Brandon Cooks certainly represents something because they extended him with a five-year, $80 million deal yesterday. Only about 20 of it is guaranteed. I guess... Scott, my question, why are the Rams so early with this? You know, like they have all three wide receivers. The Rams have a habit of spending big time money on wide receivers. The Robert Woods contract. Let's not forget about the Tavon Austin contract a few years ago. I mean, like, are they just trying to spend that Tavon Austin money that they got off the books? I don't know about this, Scotty. Like the idea of locking in Brandon Cooks when you really have kind of a uh, embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. They're putting forth all this money now. Now, on the horizon is Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and others. What do you think about this contract extension for Cooks? I think maybe they learned something from Tavon Austin that, uh, you know, what a quality wide receiver looks like. And, you know, now Tavon Austin listed as the Cowboys depth chart as a running back. So that tells you how Tavon Austin worked out. You know, they want to lock him in. Uh, something the Patriots did not want to do. I think it's already been proven that, I like I always say, there are two types of quarterbacks: those who make their receivers better. Uh, right. You got guys like like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson uh, that you know they can make guys play above their abilities or better right. than they 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 are. That's why I worry about Paul Richardson because. I don't know if he's going to be quite as good with Alex Smith in Washington, but you know I'm getting off on another point there. But and there are others that if you surround them with the right talent, they'll they'll excel or they'll play very well. And I think Jared Goff is that kind of guy. And mm. you saw last year with three quality receivers, and they lost Sammy Watkins. They replaced him with Cooks, which might be an up turn out to be an upgrade. That they have a very deep receiving crew for Jared Goff to have offensive balance, to continue to excel. And from a fantasy perspective, you like seeing that because you have a guy who can pretty much do it all in Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, he's a possession guy, but he, he, sure. can also, he can also get downfield and in the red zone. Robert Woods is, uh, you know, he's, he's the guy who's like maybe a little bit of a bigger target, you know, can make that toe-tap catch on the sideline. And then, right. then uh, Cooks is the deep threat. You have a diverse crew of wide receivers. They want to lock that in for Jared Goff so they can continue to invest in that franchise quarterback and have him continue to play well for a while. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Scott, these Rams are I, – I, I, they're all in. You know, they have guys that, you know, the – uh, Aaron Donald money is going to come to bear eventually. You know, the kind of contract uh, holdout, whatever's going on there. They took on and Dominican Sue money. You know, the, the people like Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters. If It feels like they know their window is like open right now. And so they're going to do exactly what they can, both on the offensive side, you know, to build those weapons around Goff with that system so that he can be successful and to really, you know, give Wade Phillips some new toys to play with on defense. I am very high on the Los Angeles Rams. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later on well, as we move on to the regular season. Real quick, though, about the yeah. Rams. Yeah. You know, good to look at, look at a paper. You know, you got to play the games uh, on the field. And they found that out during the playoffs against the Falcons. But yeah, I will say one thing. They have a great defensive line, maybe the second best in the NFC. I think Minnesota probably has the best. 
They have okay. a terrific secondary, but uh, right. they should have invested more in linebacker because I think that's the one weakness they have. And I mm-hmm. think when pass-catching running backs face the Rams this year, you, hmm. you, you, you might be in uh, – I, I would probably attack that in DFS and, and during yeah. bye weeks. That's very, very interesting, Scott, you mentioned, because I, as you know, for the Roto Edge, uh, for the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package, I wrote an article about defenses and defenses to own, and it's interesting you make that point, that they're really strong on the defensive line, they're really strong in the secondary, but not necessarily at the linebacker level. Scott, I want to ask you a question, conceptually, okay? I'm not talking about any specific team, but my question for you is, could it be and this is my kind of thesis, that the linebacker level is becoming less and less important in the NFL these days, Scott, as we move. And I think that that's the defensive, you know, kind of inverse of this becoming such a passing league with becoming such a passing league. You know, you don't have those kind of like Takeo spikes, middle linebackers that stop the run anymore. The run isn't as important part of the game. And so defenses are really looking to just what they need to do to stop the passing game. And that is two things. Get pressure on the quarterback with that D line or the edge and to cover. And that's what they're doing with the secondary my question is like similar to how say oh i don't know the fullback is less and less important on offense in today's nfl could the argument be made that the linebacker especially the kind of run-stopping linebacker the tequila spikes mold is less important these days yeah i i don't i'm i think you you're just looking at the well i'm not saying that you would necessarily just looking at the Rams and you know, making that judgment. I don't think so. I think it depends on the team. Uh, I think the Rams may have made a mistake not by uh, not by addressing that, but I think mm. it really depends on you know, what team you look at because, you know, you look at Seattle, Bobby Wagner is a super run stopper, probably the best in the league. Luke, you can make an argument for Luke Keekley when he's healthy. Uh, you know, they, they, there are still some very good run stoppers. Out there, I right? Think. But those guys that you're mentioning, Bobby Wagner, for example, you know, he is a different. He is a different kind of, you know, run stopping linebacker. So is Luke Keekley. These guys are much more agile, much more sideline to sideline than they ever was as like the thumpers before. And here's another example of what I'm talking about. Let's say the Los Angeles Chargers, Scott, like like they struggled stopping the run last year, and were still a top five defense because of that line getting pressure with Boza and Ingram, and because of that. Second Secondary with Hayward and King and getting Jason Verrett back. And then what do they do with the 17th overall pick that was widely heralded? They go and get Derwin James, a safety who is that defensive chess piece that can kind of move around. You mentioned Minnesota. Same kind of thing in Minnesota with that defensive line with Danielle Hunter bringing in uh, Richardson on that line. And Minnesota then the, has a and then the secondary. Line. Minnesota has has Kendricks and yep. Anthony Barr. That Absolutely. is a terrific linebacking crew right there. Absolutely, but that is not – but think about it. These are guys – Barr was a guy that was drafted, okay? What are they investing money to bring in uh, was, say, Shelton Richardson on the defensive line. So I do think it's interesting. Because they, they already had those guys at linebacker. How you get them, it doesn't matter. What you're saying is, you know, that the run-stopping linebacker doesn't matter anymore – I, I disagree. I'm saying it matters you, less. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You, know, you guys like Eric Kendrick, C.J. Mosley. You know they don't get as much publicity, but I still think those guys are very important. You can't get chewed up on the ground 
because right. that sets up that sets up even more dangerous play action that mm-hmm. keeps your offense off the field. So, uh, you know, look, it is more of a passing league, but I think run stopping linebackers is still very important. Okay, so then let me ask you the open question before we move on. If you a- ask uh, guys, ask guys who play at IDP leagues too, because they're no, always I understand that. That's not what I'm those talking tackle about. guys. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about, Scott. So if you acknowledge that what you said that it's becoming a passing league, then just open open forum. Like, then what is the defensive response to that? What do you mean, what is the defensive response? These things go in cycles, Scott. You know, you talk about, say, like, the edge pass rusher, Lawrence Taylor breaking Joe Theismann, that it leg. Yeah. That's what necessitated the offensive side thinking about the quote-unquote blind side and the emphasis on the left tackle. These things go in cycles and waves. So now that it is becoming a passing league, how are defenses responding then? Well, you know, that's a question over the past decade, but defenses right. are continually evolving, though. And right, and, wh- and every, those evolutions, every, every, I'm every saying one team, of those every evolutions. Every team has a different defense. Right. What I'm saying is one of those evolutions is to think about what you have at linebacker, the evolution from a Takeo Spikes to your guy like a Bobby Wagner, the idea of the importance of the safety, being able to be a movable chess piece instead of being traditional roles like the box safety and the coverage safety, having these Dion Buchanans, having these Honey Badger kind of guys. These are part of the evolution. Having the double A-gap blitz is a response to the emphasis emphasis on the left tackle, bringing your pressure from everywhere. You know, these are all, you know, constant back and forth between the offense and the defense as evolution in the game. And so I'm just saying, like, this is part of it. Wade Phillips has been a defensive coordinator for a very long time in Phillips, uh, you yep. know, in, in football, even before that, his dad, Bum Phillips, was in football. And I'm just saying that he, I believe, is making the decision the way he wants to do it for the Rams is to get quick pressure up the middle, not even even with the edges, that's why you have Donald and Sue. Imagine them going straight up the middle with the interior offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks and others in that division. And then when you're bringing that quick pressure, he's got corners on the outside and Peters and Tlaib that are known for jumping routes, that are known for gambling. I think this is all part of a scheme that he's doing in response to what he is seeing offensively in the NFL, but we talk about safety. If you're, if, you're talk- say, if you're saying if you're saying that you know that these guys have to do these kind of things, I don't disagree with you. But you know, I would, I would when you look at it, Takeo Spikes, he was run stopper supreme, but that's all right. that he was. If you're saying that is an evolution of the linebacker, you know, be better in pass coverage and stop the run. You know, I'm okay with that. But to say that there's less emphasis on stopping the run, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that because you talk about guys like Sheldon Richardson. You know, mm-hmm. these guys are also signed to take up space and clog mm-hmm. against the run so the linebackers sure. can shoot the gaps as well. Max Harrison so I th- does I that think, as well, sure. I, I, think, I think, you know, maybe – if you want to say there's more of an emphasis on versatility, but uh, I don't think any NFL team wants a guy who can just stop the run and be weak against the pass. Right. That's exactly like that was my original point that I feel that you were kind of um, not taking. But it's OK, Scotty, we can move on. Let's talk about Earl Thomas here. OK, in, in a defense that you're talking about, you know, one of the best coverage safeties in the NFL in a long time. Right. He's with your Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Scotty, what are you making of this? Like, what are the percentages here? Like, help me make some odds here. If I had to go on over to mybookie.ag, you know, uh, make, into the props builder tool, like, what are the odds that 
the Seahawks are going to extend them? What are the odds that they're going to trade them? What are the odds that this is like, you know, a game of chicken that ultimately Earl Thomas just blinks first and just comes back with his hat in his hand? I think those are the only three options, right? Like, what, how's it going to play out, Scotty, up there in Seattle with Earl Thomas? Ultimately, he's not going to leave all that money on the table. Just might list, miss a lot of time in camp. And then the Seahawks have to decide whether they're going to trade him or not. You know, they already gave him one one above his rookie contract. It's, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you know, the front office policy not to extend him to two, you know, especially after they watch Cam Chancellor get injured. And, you know, now they're paying him all this money and he's not going going to be available. So I, I think he's going to probably be forced to play out his final year. And then, unfortunately, he might be gone. And, uh, you know, when you watch that from a from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, the Seahawks will still be a pretty good defense when you have guys like like Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas. You know, they're not going to be the elite fantasy defense that they used to. But when the matchup is right, I think when you have guys like Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner, you know, that's still a defense that you can stream. Fair enough. Um, especially, I would say, when they're at home, Scott, you know, because they also, as we know, play very well up there with the 12s. And I'm hopeful, Scott, that uh, you get a chance to get up there to Quest Field, maybe, uh, you know, raise the flag, ring the bell up there. That'll be, that could now, be fun. Now CenturyLink Field. Excuse me, CenturyLink Field. It's tough to keep up with some of these naming rights these it days. It is, isn't it? It certainly is. Hey, Scotty, I have one more piece of news, and I saved it for last on purpose because I know we were talking about your tight end rankings a little bit yesterday. We only got to the top three. We'll continue this conversation a little bit uh, now. I know you're saying, oh, boy, because I know that you know where I'm going in terms of the piece of news. And it's a guy, listen, that we have talked about before, Scotty. It is a guy that we thought had some potential to really be a breakout along with guys like, say, a Troy Burton or a George Kittle, he was in that Baskin-Robbins tier, I call it, different flavors for everybody. I'm talking about Cardinals tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones. I got to tell you something, Scott. I have been to the W Hotel in Scottsdale. It's a beautiful yeah. place. Um, it's a beautiful place, a little pool party action. I've done it before, but it seems like Ricky Seals-Jones, I mean, like, when you got to go, you got to go, okay? And he was arrested last night, I guess, or a couple days ago. I guess he was trying to get to the bathroom, shoving security out of the way or whatever it is. I mean... Scott, I don't, you know, the incident is the incident, whatever it is, and we could have a commentary about what football players do when they're not, like, you know, under the watchful eye of the teams in this, like, three-week period until training camp and stuff like that. But I want to talk about it like I know you do from a pure fantasy aspect. Scott, this guy is inside the top ten of your rankings. A lot of people see him as a diamond in the rough. Uh, Two-part question. Part one do you expect a suspension, and if so, for how long on this? And part two, what are the implications on your rankings? I know a couple weeks ago you dropped LaShawn McCoy vociferously after the buzz about that facing, you know, when there was a thought of a potential suspension. What do you think here with RSJ? First off, watch my expert drafts closely because I'm having bad luck this year. Did you draft uh, RSJ also? It's got we, we, we have the fantasy foot, football frenzy auction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I aggressively and maybe even overbid on Ricky Seals Jones for fifteen dollars, <laughs> but I really wanted him and the tight end uh-huh. pool was starting to dry up a little yep. bit. And the next day after I get awarded him, uh, you know, this thing happens. Again, with these kind of situations, you never know how the league is going to react. Mm-hmm. Now you're reading the report, you know, the W Hotel in Scottsdale denied him uh access to the bathroom. Right. Uh, 
and then he tried to use the the bathroom in the in a sushi restaurant in the hotel. Somewhere and else, they right? Item access there, and they said he was bloodshot, uh, bloodshot eyes, alcohol. Right. It looked like he pushed, he, but he, he pushed driving, the security but guard around. Though, he pushed right? the security guard. The security guards got physical with him. They tackled him. You don't know how this one is going to play out necessarily. Of course, the NF, you know, him being physical doesn't right. bode well for him at all. Exactly. But then again, you know, out of get this whole discussion, is this a Starbucks thing? You know, it's like why are they denying right. the guy access? Were they to just bathroom? afraid of the large black men? They're denying somebody access to a bathroom. I like how you didn't want to say it, Scott. I said it out loud. They're just afraid of the of the large black man. <laughs> and well, we know Scott and we know Scott like the NFL like we've both I've said it before you've acknowledged before if nothing else the NFL is inconsistent with how they treat these kinds of things whether it's domestic yeah. violence or otherwise they they are inconsistent okay i think that's something uh we should acknowledge here right so it could be nothing we could come out and here he misses three games who knows how do we treat this though uh you know, in drafts and stuff, are we dropping him out of the tight end one conversation? Is he someone you got to then back up with like a George Kittle or something? Like, how are we treating well, this moving forward? I, then again, I, you never know with the NFL, but I wouldn't think it's like a 16-game suspension or something like that. I hear you. you, know, you what you, what you got to do is maybe like drop him a few slots like, like – because, you know, the tight end pool is not all that impressive either. So I hear you. So let's play you know, the right name now, game. Right now, he's, right now he's in number eight, so I'm probably going to have to drop him about three or four slots. All right, so let's figure that out. Let's try and play the game here and see. I'm on PPR scoring on your ranks. By the way, Scotty, I am on your ranks on the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package. And in PPR formats, at least, you have Ricky Seals-Jones as your ninth tight end, right yep. behind Kyle Rudolph and in front of Jack Doyle. Okay, uh, so after this news, with maybe a cloud hanger over him, you like Ricky Seals Jones or Jack Doyle? Uh, I'm gonna go with Doyle. You know, okay, Ricky Seals Jones. A healthy, healthy Andrew Luck. Right. Uh, yeah, Doyle's gonna get his numbers. Okay. Right beneath that, you have another kind of uh, you know highly touted guy who might potentially have a breakout year this year. Ricky Seals Jones or Trey Burton. I'm going to go with Burton. I think, you know, he's a missing piece there for Trubisky. Okay. Uh, if Seal Jones was not suspended, though. That's that, where it would be, right? You know, that's where it would be. Interesting. Okay, so Ricky Seals Jones, let's go even a little further. Ricky Seals Jones or your number 12 tight end, Jordan Reed, who also, you know, cannot be depended on to play 16 games. You know what? Then it comes down to a question of. Who's going to get suspended or who gets injured? And I think Jordan Reed is more likely to get injured. So uh, okay. I'm going to stop right there and put Ricky Seals-Jones at number 11. All right. Let me ask you one more, though. Ricky Seals-Jones and George Kittle, because there is no cloud about injury or suspension with Kittle. So would the like, more relatively solid yeah, but, 16 but, games of Kittle? Kittle, Kittle no. hasn't shown me enough to put okay. him above Seals-Jones. So you're putting RSJ, you're dropping him, like you said, a couple spots, yeah. but you still and I'm believe. I'm it right now as we speak. Ooh, yes. I like that. I like that. But, Scotty, based on what you just said, though, and how we're moving him, you are still saying that Ricky Seals-Jones is still a tight end one for you, albeit a back end tight end one, correct? Yeah. Well, look, you, could, I, you never know what the NFL is going to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's – for the exclusive edge package for our projections, right. I'll sit with, with Arturo Galetti, you know, who's our lead programmer and, you know, knows a ton about football and other sports. Mm-hmm. 
you know, who leads the charge for all our projections and everything like that and every great technical thing that we do in the exclusive edge package <coughs> on rotoexperts.com. And we'll figure out, you know, what's, uh, what's, a, what's a good target range that you could at least speculate that he would be suspended. When LaShawn McCoy yeah. came out, we said, let's take about four games, you know, off of what he's going uh, oh, for the projections. That'll be safe because, look, it could be 16. We don't know. But, right. you know, you have to guesstimate when you're doing that. So for the projections, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm thinking about two games for Ricky Seals-Jones here. Yeah, I was going to ask stuff, you that. The hotel was in the wrong, too. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you in terms of, like, I'm, I know the NFL is inconsistent, right? And so it's, it's sort of like trying to figure this I out. I can't like see it be, to... being more than four is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was going to wonder. It could like... be one. It could, I say it's at least one. It could be more than four, so I'm putting it right in the middle. Yeah, I hear you. I was going to say, like, predicting what the NFL does in terms of discipline is like predicting which running back Bill Belichick will ride with in that Patriots backfield. But so I was going to set the over-under at one and a half, Scotty, in terms of games uh, that Ricky Seals-Jones might get suspended this year. And with that, you would take the over. You think it's going to be two. I also think it's going to be two. I think it's going to be one or two. I don't think it goes to four. You never know. Yeah, yeah, it, I, it, it, it doesn't matter. No disrespect, I mean by this, but it doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what the NFL thinks. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And the thing is, you're right. It does matter what the NFL thinks. And the the funny part is, is if the NFL was more consistent, then we would have a better read on this. But yeah, that is clearly on it. Yep. not the case, right? So interesting. We did chat it up here about a lot of the news and notes that are going on today. We talked about Brandon Cooks. We talked about what uh, you know what we expect in that Seattle defense with Earl Thomas really kind of taking to social media and saying extend me or trade me. And then we talked about <clears throat> Ricky Seals Jones and kind of where. Where he falls because of the news that came out about the incident at the W Hotel in Scottsdale. You know, Ricky Seals Jones, Scotty, was one a. Thing, uh, one thing about that, sorry, is if you're going to get to a point where you're about the 11th tight end and you get Seals Jones at a value, you're going to have to back it up with another tight end late, like an Austin Safarian Jenkins type. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was saying at the top of this. Remember, I was like, if you do this, are you going to take him and then back him up? And I mentioned like a George Kittle or whatever. It's like, it's almost like. I don't don't think Kittle would last long enough to back him up. It's not about the exact name, Scott. It's about the concept of are we backing him up. I disagree with you. You got to talk about the range and who the name is going to be. Okay. I got Kittle right behind Jones now. Yeah, fair enough. I'm talking about do you now have to back him up in a similar way that you would want to back up Andrew Luck or Patty Mahomes or something like that at quarterback because of the risk. We will continue to talk about this. I'm thinking of a master plan for fantasy football, but we're going to talk about the All-Star game as well when we come back. Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome back. 
to Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott Angle and Spittin' Statistician. Scotty, I don't know, man. I don't know if you heard the commercial, but these guys were already giving you stuff about Ricky Seals-Jones in the auction, like spending whatever it was, $15 for him, and um, unfortunately compounding that with the issue that took place in Scottsdale yesterday. RSJ may be facing some discipline from the league, but then again, you never know, and that is because of the inconsistency. You you don't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't know. You don't, and I wanted Seals-Jones. I aggressively overbid for them. They disagree. You know, that's their right, you know, and – you know, if Corey wants to, you know, clown it out to be entertaining, that's fine. He said, <laughs> I can't add. Well, you know, here's some math for you, Corey. We've played each other 15 times, one-on-one. I've won 10. You've won five. You you do the math about who's twice as better. Woo! Yeah. Spitting hot fire there. Yeah. Hey, Chris Bavona down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Uh, dilly dilly to you, my friend. Do me a favor. Yeah. You got to clip that. And whatever commercial is played about these guys giving my man El Rey de Fantasia any kind of grief, you got to make sure that that's a clip that's played right after that in response, head to head all time. My man Scott Angle has a 667 yeah, you winning percentage. You don't, you don't, the come, you don't come at the king and not Oof. pay for it. You know, come what at I'm the saying? king. It's, Best it's, not come uh, at the king and miss. Also, also, uh, Corey. Uh, Ooh, gonna, we're going hard. Here. You you want some more math? Uh, you Ooh. got zero. You got zero dollars for li- for winning the flex two years ago. I won the GST, and I can definitely add up my three grand. Ooh, we talking stacks, yeah. baby. Scotty yeah. Angle tells you what it's really about, and yeah. it's about us here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network helping you win your leagues and win that. Cash And one of the ways, Scotty, I was telling people, we were giving people help to win that cash in fantasy baseball. Scotty, weeks ago, I was telling people that if you own Manny Machado in an AL-only league, you need to trade him for 60, 70, 80 cents on the dollar, and you need to do it right now because Manny Machado is going to evaporate from your player universe okay everybody was talking speculation that Manny Machado was going to get traded we heard buzz yesterday that they were down to like the medical reports Ken Rosenthal interviews Manny Machado in the sixth inning yesterday he's talking about the Orioles in the past tense he's taking selfies and yucking it up with potential new Dodgers teammate Matt Kemp they interview Matt Kemp during the game in the outfield he's like I don't know what you're talking about I can't talk about that it reminds me Scott do you remember a few years ago when the Red Sox were playing the Rockies in the World Series and in the middle of that series the news broke about like Alex Rodriguez's incredible contract and the stuff was like we never like something like a trade or a contract or news to detract from a big time event in Major League Baseball. Scotty I've got to believe that the only reason this trade has not been announced yet for Manny Machado is so A so Machado could play for the American League last night and B because they didn't want anything taking away from the Midsummer Classic, but it looks like Machado to the Dodgers is all but done. Yeah, it looks that way, and it looks like they're only going to get minor leaguers in return for what might be a yeah. two-month rental. But the Dodgers making a, <coughs> making a push for it if they get him in house and you know he likes uh, you know playing in Los Angeles, they can certainly you know have the first crack at extending him here. And uh, from a fantasy perspective, you knew this was coming. So hopefully, if you're an AL only league where uh, you know you lose the rights to the player if he gets traded, uh, you know that that you've made that you've 
that that you planned ahead for this. And That's why you got to listen. I, to I, us. I, I was I was in I was in a mono league a few years ago that I really liked because sometimes you get you get the players in return that are traded from the other side, and you know if any of these guy kids come up oh, really? the stretch run and contribute, you know you have the rights to them. I you like get that those role. players. That not is that any, not that any of these guys are going to contribute this year for Baltimore. Yeah, no, I hear you, but that is an interesting feature, <clears throat> right? In this kind of situation, you get the assets back as well as the fantasy manager or owner. I think that is very, very interesting. Scotty, yesterday was the Midsummer Classic, and I mentioned it at the top of the show. Scotty, to me, this was a prototypical 2018 game, okay? I'm talking three true outcomes all over the place. At one point, I think it was like after seven innings, the game was 2-2. Nothing but solo home runs so far, right? And uh, there were literally the same amount of home runs as like non-home run hits. Look at this. I'm talking about like until the 10th inning. All the runs were scored via the big fly, right? And then you look at these three true outcomes. I'm telling you, you know, the uh, National League, 13 strikeouts and 13 hits they gave up. You know, more than a K per, uh, more than a K per nine innings, right? Um, the American League, 12 strikeouts, only giving up seven hits. They hit a batter as well. You know, there was something like... What was it? There was 10 home runs in this game and 20 hits in this game. Literally 50% of the hits in this game were home runs. People, there were no real hits. There were no rallies. There was nothing like that. This was people getting struck out or going big fly. In essence, these were, these were not the Major League Baseball All-Stars. These were the three true outcome All-Stars, Scotty. This was baseball in 2018. Yeah, it was. And it was actually more exciting than... Uh than I thought it was going to be. You know, to see Gene Segura's reaction after he hit that go-ahead home run shows you actually how much the players, like, you know, were actually really into this game. Max Scherzer talking about what an honor it is to play in his hometown, et cetera, you know, micing up the guys and talking to them during the game. Yeah, that was cool. I think it was a really good presentation last night. I was was pleasantly surprised by the All-Star game, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I actually didn't catch Alex Bregman's – you know, go ahead home bomb. run in the back-to-backs with him and, and Springer. But, you know, this is this was more of an exciting game than a lot of regular season games, to be honest with you. Absolutely. It was exciting. But the, you but saw the, the bad part about us fantasy players, though, was I have Segura on my fantasy team. And yeah. he hit a three-run homer. I got all excited, but I didn't remember it didn't count. Yeah, you get no credit for it. I own Aaron Judge, who went big fly in this game as well. You know what I kind of thought was interesting? Scotty, uh, the idea that, you know, they talk about, oh, this game, it counts now, right? And who was it that hit the game-winning stuff that go crazy? It was like, oh, it's extra innings. It's not, we need to win this game because we need home field advantage. It was Houston Astros that go back-to-back, you know. And a Houston Astros, I believe, that gets the win. I think it was Charlie Morton that wound up getting the win. Or maybe it was Diaz because he blew the save and got the – whatever. Um, but, like, it, it, I thought it was interesting that A.J. Hinch and, and, and Springer – and uh, Bregman are the guy, you know, the Astros are the guys who, like, took the game by the horns and went yard and got that working margin in extra innings. They are one of the, you know, you got to figure, the one of the four teams in the AL that everyone thinks are dominant that will definitely be in the playoffs and could actually potentially need home field advantage. I always thought that, like, listen, a team like the Astros care a lot more about this game and getting home field advantage than, say, the Chicago White Sox representatives, right? 
Yeah, but the thing is, is that it no longer determines home determines home field advantage. Since 2017, you know, they, it hasn't determined the home field advantage. You know, that was a pure exhibition game, which made it all the more refreshing to see the Gene Segura reaction. Yeah, absolutely. That is true. Thanks for checking me on that. I was worried we might have another tie when we went to extra innings. They were talking about it in terms of like, you know, the managers like to get everybody involved. And they did that before Scooter Jeanette goes yard to tie it up in the bottom of the ninth. And then the other thing is they were worried about the weather forecast. You know, they were worried about getting this game in. An all-star game has never been rained out. I was wondering what would happen all of a sudden, uh, you know, but they did get it done. I will say this, Scotty. Uh, you mentioned Gene Segura, and you mentioned his reaction after the uh, big-time home run. I don't know if you saw, Scott. I don't know if you were watching the game. Were you watching that part of the game? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you saw, but they went to a, they cut to the American League dugout uh, in the like eighth or ninth inning around that time as well. And there was a Gene Segura and his Mariners teammate Nelson Cruz were staring at a phone. And then, like, shaking their head and looking out towards the mound. Did you see that when they, cl- when they cut to that? That I, did, that I didn't catch. Okay. There was a, you know, whatever, in the, part, in the flow of the game. And it's weird. Like, you're like, okay, it's the all-star game. And, like, even Francisco Lindor, when he was being interviewed, was like, yeah, I'm wearing these chains right now, my, my jewelry. But that's only in the all-star game. I wouldn't do that. So I didn't know if, um, you know, like, okay, seeing cell phones in the dugout, that's a little bit different. Maybe that was an all-star thing. But, Scott, here's what happened. I'm going to just lay it out for you. Segura and Cruz are, like, staring at a cell phone, right? And then you could see it. They, like, they look mad. They look mad at what they are seeing on the cell phone, okay? Um, And then what's interesting is... I think you've seen by now, we've all seen by now, it came out literally kind of like as he was on the mound, Milwaukee Brewer reliever um, Josh Hader, who has been absolutely dominant this year, okay? Hader has been out of control, 89 strikeouts in 48 innings, a 1.5 ERA, a whip below .8. He's got a .79 whip. He's been absolutely dominant, right? But it came out, it was unearthed literally while he was on the mound in the All-Star game about a series, I'm talking like potentially dozens or over a hundred of racist, xenophobic, homophobic kind of tweets from his past. The case had been made and they were asking these guys after the game, is that what you were looking at? Were you looking at Josh Hader's kind of, um, you know, prejudiced and disgusting, vile tweets? And is that Part of the reason that Segura, like you mentioned, the Segura enthusiasm, the bat flip and all that, his excitement for the three-run homer, it was off Josh Hader. And there are reports out there that part of the reason why that all that big excitement happened was because they stuck it to this guy that they just discovered was out there on social media in his past being racist and homophobic and that sort of thing. There are a ton of tweets. Josh Hader addressed it after the game. What do you say about this stuff, Scott? It, well, I know. Take a I, deep breath. I, 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 I think I think you got to give give Hater, you know, a little bit of leeway here for hmm. you know I was seventeen years old, kind of thing. I mean, all dumb dumb things is yeah. But Scott, teenagers. here's the thing: it wasn't when he was seventeen years old. It's come out already. There was t- there was tweets from 2016. Okay, that was really? he wasn't 17 years old then. Okay, literally using the N word. Literally a, a like one sentence tweet: I hate gay people. From 2016. That one was from 2016? I believe so. I saw it earlier this morning. Well, with the N-word and stuff. I, there I was. Thought, 
I, I he said it was from seven years ago. He said it was from seven years ago. I'm going to go. I will, I'll bring it up right now um, as we're talking about it. Um, but regardless, okay, whether it's from seven years ago or not, that sort of thing. Go, keep, keep going. I'll bring it up, though. I mean, it is abhorrent what he said. But, you know, if you know, that's not who he is today and he's learned his lesson. You know, that- Josh Hader, June, January 2016. Hey, Trayvon, hey, hey, Trayvon Martin peeps, rally all you want. He ain't coming back. Perhaps you should not worry about the N-words and feel for real innocent people being gunned down in Chicago. January 2016. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at more. Some were from 2011 to 2012, uh, but, you know, 2016 as well. That's not seven years ago, Scotty. And that was the one from two, that was that was the only one from 2016, or were there other uh, ones? I'm I'm scrolling down right now to look at some of these, you know. Uh, but there are some from 2016 as well. I mean, but regardless, okay. I let's, mean, if let's, it's from 2016, you know, and he's covering a sensitive subject with an aggressive tone like that, you know, you just have to wonder. And then, you know, let let's take the fantasy spin on this. You know, do sure. you not want Josh Hader on your fantasy team because of this? Ah, remember we talked about this, Scotty. Remember we talked about this with the, like, LaShawn McCoy thing? Remember that was the question I asked, like the poll question? Can you emotionally divorce yourself from the character of these guys? Remember, that was the exact question we asked last week. You know, so like you're saying, do, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? you think this matters to people? Because he is putting out lights-out ratios and numbers. I know people who won't watch the NFL anymore until Colin Kaepernick gets reinstated. Interesting. Interesting. So, and here's – go ahead. Yeah, so the, there are people that exist like this. So I think I do think it's interesting, Scotty. And let's remember, okay, in last year's World Series, right? Remember, Yuri Gurriel, after going yard off of you, Darvish, made kind of, uh, you know, shall we say, insensitive uh, faces or gestures, that sort of thing. He got suspended by Major League Baseball for five games that were served at the beginning of this season. Uh, do you think there could be discipline on the horizon for Josh Hader? Uh, for what amounts, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so because a lot of these hmm. tweets are from from the past. But you never okay. know for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it such is. a sensitive time here that sometimes you know, Major League Baseball may want to, I don't know, uh, make a point here. I'm not sure either. I don't know how it goes, but it is definitely news out there. And uh, I don't know how I, I don't know how Major League Baseball is going to react. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the tweets there, and yeah. you know, I'm seeing some of the ones from 2016. Yeah, you know that are very like you know sexually laced and stuff like that. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, two years ago was very close. Yeah, that's obviously. what I'm saying. It's not. He was he yeah. in front of his locker. In front of his locker last night, you know, he was making the point that, oh, I was a teenager. Oh, I was young and stupid. Similar to kind of, was it Josh Allen, I think, who also in the NFL draft, stuff like this kind of came up, that in his past he had tweets like this. I think it was Josh Allen. I apologize if I'm yeah. getting that wrong. Um, but do you remember that, Scott? Wasn't there someone, wasn't there someone in the NFL yeah. draft who also yep. there was tweets like yes. this? It was Josh Allen? Okay. Um, and, you know. Hater is in front of his locker, and, you know, hey, he's taking his medicine. I, uh, you know, uh, that's the professional thing to do. But what he's saying is that it's when he was young and dumb, you know, when he was a teenager, that it was seven years ago, trying to minimize it. It sounds like you're looking at some of them now. Scotty, 2016 was not when he was a teenager. It was not seven years ago. No. It's, 
it, it wasn't. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I think this is a very interesting thing. And Scotty, if you're looking at it, keep on checking. Maybe you'll see that clip of literally Gene Segura and Nelson Cruz staring at their phone in the dugout. Literally, if you go uh, hater tweets on Twitter, the first thing that comes up, at least for me, is like Segura and Nelson Cruz literally staring at this cell phone and then looking out in the mound when Josh Hader is on the mound. And they're kind of like, whoa, that's weird. You know, so uh, I encourage you to check that out. We'll see. I do think there is the potential here for Josh Hader to face some discipline from Major League Baseball. Let me put a positive spin on things now. now okay, go ahead. You know, this is a lesson, I think, to all young people who are coming up and playing professionally, uh, have the potential to play professional Scrub sports. your social media yeah. past. Yes. You know, just be <laughs> careful about what you say. And, you know, for me, this week is going to be a very proud moment because on, a, on Thursday at, a, at Arm & Hammer Stadium, which is the home of the, the Trenton Thunder, mm. uh, they're having the Best in the Northeast Showcase uh, okay. on a, the 18th and the 19th. Uh, basically, it's uh, it's training and scouting sessions for for the top, some of the top high school players in the Northeast. And okay. uh, my my nephew Joseph Brown, who plays uh, pitcher and shortstop, is going to be involved in, in the, the, best of the Northeast Showcase uh, uh, tomorrow and uh, tomorrow and Thursday. That's awesome. And so, do me a favor. Tell your nephew, don't hit send. Like Herman Edwards always yeah. says, okay? Like, listen, they will find this stuff. They always find this stuff. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about him. What I'm saying no, is – No, I'm not saying I'm, him. I'm, I'm saying a, generally. I'm putting a positive spin on things that, you know, that a lot of these kids are careful. You know, mm-hmm. I know his dad, who's my brother-in-law, is like, you know, very much, uh, you know, very much into his, his baseball career, et cetera, cool. and, and, what, and what he does. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. That's awesome. And, you know, that's what, how you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. That is how you need to be. You need to take your craft serious, and you need to think about the professionalism that goes along with being a professional athlete. You know, it's not all just glitz and glamour. There is a certain way you need to carry yourself. There's a certain amount of practice and work you need to put in your craft, whether that's film and playbook study, whether that's, you know, kind of the engagement with the fans, being an ambassador for the league and for your team. There are a lot of responsibilities that come with all the glitz, glamour, and salary of being a professional athlete. But it comes out all the time. People are going to dig this stuff up in your past and are going to drop it on you at the worst possible time. Remember Scotty Laramie Tunsil, who was supposed to be the number one overall pick, the offensive lineman out of LSU, and literally like 10 minutes before the NFL draft, the video surfaced of him, like, you know, smoking marijuana out of a gas mask, stuff like that. These things will drop on you from your past. That's why, you know, the best way to do is just live a straight and narrow and, uh, you know, tolerant and happy life. Life, shall we say? But Scotty, yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta, do you have you anything have else be, on this? You have to be careful, you know, yeah. about your personality, you know. But just, just <clears throat> but back to the hater thing. I'd be yeah. interested to see, uh, you know, any of our listeners who want to call up at eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. You know, this this goes back to the Ray Rice thing. Like, what kind of caliber of person do you want on your fan on your fantasy right. sports team? How much does it does matter? It, th- does it affect you? And there are some people just like. You know, they'll look at those screens and they'll see the name Josh Hader on their screen and, and say, forget you know, it. Their, their, their blood will curdle. And, right. you know, they'll, 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 they'll say, forget it. Or if they it don't want to have down, to cheer for him to do well. 
and produce. Right, exactly. And I can uh, I can understand that. And to me, you know, I'm different. It's the end of the day. It's just it's just a name on a screen. You know, right. it's I, I'm not I'm not dealing with you as a person. And that's the good thing about fantasy sports is that you know you can just keep things between the lines and on the scoreboard and right. you know separate all that because there's a lot of stuff that we hear about don't hear about the players as people and you know me having media access sometimes you know I'm up close and personal with with some athletes and I find out that not for these Josh Hader type of reasons just because you know they're just not likable people for whatever yeah. reason, but I, I still want them on my fantasy team if they're going to help it. And you have to make that personal decision, right? That's why it's your team. You're the owner. You get to make those kind of decisions. But I think it's very interesting, you know, Scott, you talk about this. We did, in fact, I believe I'm trying to find it. We did, in fact, put up a poll when the McCoy thing was going, and we asked that exact question, right? We asked, can you kind of divorce yourself emotionally from the character of the people on your fantasy team and or on your real lives team. We put up that poll and a lot of people said they really couldn't do that, you know? And so I do think it is interesting. We talk about it and unfortunately it keeps coming up because these kind of incidents keep coming up. But I was so struck Scotty by like, let's talk about right back on the field. Like this was really Scotty, this all-star game I think was a showcase for the three true outcome way of playing baseball. I mean, all these guys, when you get the true studs out there, right, whether it's, look, Scherzer, four Ks in two innings, the only run he gives up, a solo shot to Aaron Judge. You know, Blake Snell goes three, gets three strikeouts in his inning plus of work. He gives up a solo home run. You know, it's the same kind of thing. People are just giving up solo home runs or they're striking you out. I mean... I was I was wondering, you though thought this was exciting, right? Did you think it was exciting when it was still like 2-1 for most of the game in the middle parts of the game? Or did it only get excited, exciting when like, you know, seven runs were scored and six home runs were hit after the seventh inning stretch? To me, it got exciting around the Segura home run. Right. But all, all that wanted me to do is like say, okay, you know, let's get back to the regular season. You know, I want to see this type of play during the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know I, I want to set my fantasy lineup. You know, l- let's get it going. L- yeah. l- 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 let's bring on the second half. And if you you go to rotoexperts.com right now, there's an article on Cam Jai Grande and prospects that should be called up during the second half. Mm. And, okay, uh, you know, this, this Mount Castle kid that uh, the Orioles have, as the heir apparent to Manny Machado, the door is uh-huh. really going to be swinging open for him to be part of this this, this infield when uh, when they open 2019, and I'm sure Dynasty League owners are all over that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so keep it locked there as we keep it moving into the second half of the baseball season. You talk about prospects who will come up. Scott, you know I have been calling for a while for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. over there in Toronto to uh, get called up. Remember Josh Donaldson on the last year of his Bo- current Bo- deal. Bichette's probably going to come up at some Bo- point. Bichette, absolutely. We got. Um, they also have, I think, Biggio's kid in Toronto as well. So we'll keep an eye out on all of those things. Scotty, you know how you wanted to you know, end it kind of on a light note. You were talking about your nephew because, you know, we don't want to get into the vile stuff that Josh Hader put out there, whether it was seven years ago or two years ago. I have two uh, kind of lighthearted things for you uh, connected to close out today. Um, and, yes, Scotty, we are going to talk about the Yankees real quick because, you, you know, you had your Seahawks time. Um, you mentioned out there in New Jersey the showcase for the Northeast, stuff like that. The uh, 
New York Yankees, their minor league affiliates, get this, Scotty, their double-A affiliate is the Trenton Thunder. Um, on Fridays in the summertime, they are going to, instead of being known as the Trenton Thunder, they are going to be known as the Trenton Taylor Hams to honor a big-time Jersey kind of food, you know, that's served in diners across the state. And then their single-A affiliate, the Staten Island Yankees are on Saturdays this summer going to be known as the Staten Island Pizza Rats. That because of the viral video of the pizza, of the rat dragging the pizza slice down the subway stairs a couple of summers ago. Uh, this obviously just to get a little bit of buzz and fun, minor league baseball kind of stuff. But you can go ahead and buy some of these hats or shirts as well. Which team name do you like better, Scotty? The Trenton Taylor Hams or the Staten Island Pizza Rats? Probably the Pizza Rats. I mean, to me, you know, that that's... That's more amusing, but uh, with fantasy football season, you know, coming up, it's, uh, you know, we're going to want to hear some of our users' best team names. Yes, yes, absolutely. Team names are great. My current team name, uh, my team that won the uh, championship last year, I had Nuke Hopkins, and so I was code to the nukes. We, you know I love all the nicknames, Scotty, because I am a nicknames guy live on air yeah. and for fantasy team names. So we should, uh, we should definitely do something where we kind of uh, get submissions. Maybe we do a, another little eight eight name bracket or something like that as we move on we definitely want to hear your submissions holler at us you know tomorrow and every day at 844-843-6879 engage with us on twitter and as always go on and get the roto experts exclusive edge fantasy uh package scotty you have a great rest of the day all right brother man we're gonna i guess we'll get back into these uh tight end ranks a little bit tomorrow hopefully uh you make a, a move on ricky seals jones you're making that move today right on the rankings yeah and i'm looking at my dynasty league uh in about you know maybe seven years drafting joseph brown uh, my, oh. nephew, my fantasy baseball team there you go just make sure he uh you know he stays away from questionable stuff on social media because it'll come back to get him but i'm sure he's uh he's on the straight and narrow don't hit send like uh herm edwards said have a great day scotty talk to you tomorrow You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Players, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez. Speed's a spitting statistician, and I am joined for the second hour by my man, the number one accuracy ranker in the business, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Jake, how you doing on a hump day, uh, you know, halfway through the week? How you feeling? I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Jake. We got a jam-packed hour, man. We may touch on four different sports. Obviously, we're going to talk football as we get people ready for fantasy football and fantasy football drafts. Remember to get the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Package. Don't forget, enter the promo code ALLINKID at checkout for a special discount. Jake, a little bit later on in the show, I want to tell you that I have been to the bathroom at the W Hotel in Scottsdale. It's very nice. It's very nice. And when you got to go, you got to go. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. I will say this, Jake. 
Jake, the King Scotty Engel, had uh, some, some talk about his auction draft recently and then went hard at Corey Parson. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. We have potential NBA news as well. It looks like there could be a trade with the uh, San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors, uh, potentially, that we may get into. Listen, we may, in fact, we're looking forward to having um, Colin Drew join the show. This idea of, you know, the, the British Open or the Open Championship is going on in Scotland starting tomorrow. And we have baseball news. It's not like Bo Jackson, uh, you know, kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, Deion Sanders, two sport athletes. We may be four sport athletes in this hour, Jake, but I do want to start with Major League Baseball and the Manny Machado deal that seems like it is all but done, whether it's because it's just the medicals and the physical paperwork that's going down or just the fact that Major League Baseball didn't want any kind of announcement of a deal like this to deter from their midsummer classic. You know, I'm reminded of like when A-Rod News interrupted the World Series uh, about a decade ago, uh, but it looks like this Manny Machado to the Dodgers thing is all but done, right, Jake? It sounds that way from everything we heard yesterday, and the biggest news was, I mean, I guess the breaking news was made after he was yanked from the game, so like you said, it just might be the fact that make sure he was healthy, as you said, maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't want to overshadow the game itself to have this news because you know everybody would have been focusing on that, so I mean, it sounds like this is it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a done deal. It sounds like it. I mean, you know, he was uh, – Rosenthal interviewed him uh, during the game. He was talking about the Orioles kind of like in the past tense. I also thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw like him and Matt Kemp yucking it up, taking selfies. Kemp was the, another person that was interviewed on the field during the game being like, oh, I can't talk about that. I don't know what you're talking about. It seems like it's all but done. And to be quite honest, it sounds like it will get announced potentially today. Let's talk about the game a little bit though, Jake. I mean to me – you know, we talk about how it's the all-star game. I think very specifically, Jake, it was the, it was the uh, three true outcome all-stars. You know what I mean? Like, this game was such a microcosm of baseball in 2018. I mean, by the end of the seventh inning, score was 2-2. Nothing but solo home runs. You know, like, there were 10 home runs hit in this game, Jake. There were 20 hits overall. 50% of the hits were home runs. It looks like until extra innings, all the runs scored were home runs. And then on the other side, you know, we have dominant strikeout outings for these pitchers. The American League staff, you know, uh, 12 strikeouts. The National League staff, 13 strikeouts. It really seemed like a kind of showcase for the three true outcomes. How would you view that, Jake? I wasn't paying that close attention to the concern with the outcomes of the at bats. Sure. I just was, it's just an all-star game. I just, I was working at the same time. So it was just, you know, I was semi interested in having fun with it and semi not, I mean, okay. I read a good, that, that invested to it where I really care that uh, that's, you know, uh, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you are, but I, I saw some people talking about the strikeouts and all that type of stuff. I don't really care. No, I mean, I just thought it was a microcosm. I thought it was so, uh, such a symptom of how, where we are. You know, it doesn't matter if you strike out. You got these high octane, high 90 guys blowing people away. And really, the only offense, you know, was this idea of uh, hitting it over the wall and mostly solo shots. So it's, I wonder if you kind of, uh, I wonder if the fan likes that kind of game. You know, I do think that was interesting. But listen, Jake, we're going to be talking a lot. I think, maybe not we, but, you know, the, the baseball news that came after this really surrounded Josh Hader. Um, Josh Hader, who, by the way, has had a truly 
dominant season, 89 strikeouts in 48 innings pitched, a 1.5 ERA, a whip below .8 at .79. He's the victim of the three-run homer for Gene Segura. But I don't know if you saw because you were, you know, working at the same time, Jake. But uh, two things. One, there's literally a clip in the dugout of Gene Segura and Nelson Cruz before this at-bat where they're, like, staring at a cell phone. And I was watching the game live. I was like, huh, that's weird. They got a cell phone in the dugout. Didn't think much of it because, you know, all the players were, like, wearing their chains and stuff. Francisco Lindor even made the point, like, you know, we don't, we don't prep. We don't do film studies, stuff like that. We can wear chains. It's a different. It's an exhibition. But they're looking at this phone, and maybe they were looking at the tweets that went unearthed by Josh Hader. He says seven years ago when he was young, upon further inspection, some of these came as late as 2016, this idea of kind of, you know, racist, homophobic tweets that are out there. Um... I'm reminded of Yuri Gurriel in the World Series after his gestures hitting the home runoff of Yu Darvish. He got five games. Jake, what's your reaction to this? Uh, and do you think Hater might face any discipline from the league? I honestly couldn't tell you. I have no idea if they're going oh, really? to discipline. So, no, I mean, I, I don't know what baseball is going to do with this situation. Oh. This is so, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this happened years ago. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you one way or another. I just, you know, whatever, he apologized for it. Moved on from it. I mean, if they want to suspend him, if he wants, I don't know. He said he's ready for whatever that they throw down. And so if they do, they do. I just, I don't know. I just, I think honestly, we're spending a hell of a lot too much time on it. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but people make mistakes to do stupid things all the time. And we, we need to be smarter as a country for every side of things, whether you're white, black, Mexican, you know, Puerto Rican, I don't care. Australian. I don't care what race you are. Everybody needs to be smarter and more intelligent about the, you know, respecting other people's cultures and backgrounds and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's not the first person to slip up and say something stupid, and he won't be the last. Yeah, this is true. And, you know, the, and we talked about it a little bit last hour with Scott. I think the other thing, the other takeaway from this, wherever you, wherever you fall kind of on your beliefs, on the political landscape, whatever the case may be, I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, you know, kind of detail and critique society. But here's what I do think. Here's what I do think is important. You know, we saw this leading up to the draft, the NFL draft with Josh Allen, I believe it was as well, Jake. We've seen other examples where literally at the like highest leverage point of your career, something gets dropped from social media. I'm reminded even back in the day, uh, not so back in the day, a couple years ago, remember Laramie Tunsil was going to be, was primed to be the number one overall pick. And then literally like 15 minutes before the draft a video from social media surfaced. I think, you know, I'm reminded of Herman Edwards, right? When he goes to these kind of uh, uh, symposiums for the rookies and he's just like, don't hit send. I think to be honest, that is one of the biggest things here. Jake, you know, these kids, these millennials who grew up on social media have to understand that their social media profiles are just like talking into a microphone these days at a press conference. And you really have to almost like scrub your social media past because those things are going to come back at you, Jake. I think there is a kind of like lesson learned or additional warning for other athletes and kids coming up these days. You have to treat social media like it's a, uh, you know, like it's a press conference also, Jake, you know? No, that's, that's, that's a fine point. I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> well, thank well, you I just, for I that. Don't know what, I don't know what to add to it. 
No, 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 I hear you. I hear you, Jake. Let me, uh, let's move on, okay? Because, yes, the American League does get their extra inning win. I believe it was a showcase for the three true outcomes. Jake is ready to move on. Uh, Jake is ready to move on to the second half of the season. Jake is ready to move on to other news and notes. I said we got four sports to cover here today, Jake. I, we don't talk about it that much, so maybe just a couple of minutes real quick on this uh, NBA buzz um, that I'm hearing about Kawhi Leonard potentially being on the move, okay? And then we'll touch base on some of the news and notes of the day for football before we bring in Colin Drew a little bit later on in this hour. I want to ask you about this. It looks a lot of buzz, a lot of reports that this trade is imminent with Kawhi Leonard finally being on the move, not to LA, not to any team in the Western Conference, but to Drake's squad, potentially, the Toronto Raptors with DeMar DeRozan, another all-star coming back. You were wondering if the Spurs would ever be able to get fair value. I mean, it's not finalized yet, but there are a number of reports um, about this being quote-unquote imminent. Jake, what do you think about this potential deal? Kawhi to the Toronto Raptors for DeRozan. Does this, uh, does this make Toronto right there with Boston and Philly? Like maybe they have a uh, staying power at the top of the Eastern Conference. What do you think about this potential deal, Jake? I, I I don't know about much about the NBA enough to know that I'm, maybe I'm missing something here. But last time I checked, Demar Derozan was an All Star, and so is yeah. Kawhi Leonard. And of course, people want to argue that Kawhi Leonard is one of the top ten in the game. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time arguing with you that maybe 15 or whatever he's up there. Maybe Derozan's on that next tier. Right. Either way, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I I think I no, watch enough to. No, no, I'm, to my point of the gap between them, like, it, like I watch enough that I think I know the gap is maybe one tier, and I don't see one tier of a swap player changing Toronto's fortune. I mean, I, I understand that you take the chance because you're obviously capped out at what you were with DeRozan and Lowry before, and now you have Kawhi and Lowry, and you don't have LeBron in the East, so it's fine, but I don't see how this is any... I don't, like, I don't see it being... If you told me, like, war and basketball, like, what the right. win improvement was going to be, or win shares, I guess, is the better one for basketball, if you're going to tell me that they improved their team by two or three wins, I think that's that's it. I, I don't see how this is a giant, like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Raptors did this. Congrats to them. I just, it's like, it's cool. It's smart. Like, as, like I said, you, you, you reach your plateau. Maybe this helps you get over it, but I don't think it's a definitive one, and I don't think it's all going to be like, oh, wow, look how good they are now. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, the two small points I'd add to that, because that, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, the gap between them is not that huge. DeMar DeRozan is, you know, he was, he's a, a U.S. Olympian. He's an all-star. You know what I mean? He's at the upper crust of the league. So I get that. One place where I do believe is that Kawhi Leonard is also known as one of the better defensive players in the game and when you talk about the Eastern Conference yeah LeBron is gone but you know you think about some of the wing players that Boston has you think about a guy like Ben Simmons uh you think about some of these guys that Toronto may see in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference maybe Kawhi Leonard is uh, an answer there on the defensive side of the ball that's the one thing I would think about and the other thing is to your point everyone knew 
that Kawhi Leonard was on the trading block, you know, or was wanted out of San Antonio. So I think, you know, the Spurs didn't really have much leverage here. So the fact that they could get another all-star instead of having to sell, like we talked about with Machado and AL only leagues, it looks to me like the Spurs did not have to settle for 60 cents on the dollar and, and got another all-star, you know, at least. So I believe that's actually a good move out of San Antonio, even though everyone knew they didn't really have a ton of leverage in this situation. But Jake, what do you think about that Kawhi on the defensive side of the ball? I think that is where he has a little bit of a distinct um, uh, upgrade over what DeRozan was doing in Toronto. Yeah, sure. But at the same time, I still don't think it's going to be the impact where it's going to change it that much. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know, fair enough. That's why they play the games. But anytime in a league an all-star gets traded for another all-star, it is definitely news. And so that's why we're bringing it to you right here on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you want, if you think this trade moves the needle a little bit for Toronto or for San Antonio, go on over to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY Fantasy, and you can get a 50% deposit bonus on your next deposit, okay? So you can check that out. Remember, we both gave you the American League as the winner last night. I hope you listen to us, and maybe your balance over on mybookie.ag is a little bit higher than it was 24 hours ago. No, it wasn't ago. both. You didn't ask me, so I'm not taking credit for that one. You didn't, you Jake, didn't ask you didn't me. Say I, you, you didn't say no, you like the American I didn't League? Pick, I, didn't, I didn't pick a winner last night. I didn't, I didn't pick either. We, you didn't even ask. All right, you, well, you I, another I show. did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Well, that, You're yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. Show. Look, I'll, just, I'll, I'll tell you. I just, I'm just not going to take credit where credit's not. I love to take credit when I'm you. right, but I'm just, I'm not gonna do, I didn't tell you to take the American League. An ethical man, Jake Seeley. But what you have also said, Jake, is that, you know, you do On Target Frenzy, this show. I do a number of shows also. Sometimes it all meshes together. You I'm know, sure. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, like oh, did you I say it on this me. show? Did I say it on the other show? You know what it is, Jake? For Fantasy Freestyle, I'm on live right as the All-Star game was starting. You know what I mean? So I probably said I said it last night then uh, before the game started on Fantasy Freestyle, 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays live from Studio 34. I also shared, uh, uh, Jake, uh, my, my slash hour, because it seems like you had all the same ideas, our uh, All-Star Game Festivities platform <laughs> on Fantasy Freestyle yesterday. I got a lot of buzz in the chat room. Let's make it happen, like, along with I, the I bats. I think we should do this. Jake, we should make a platform. We should, like, make a ticket. Remember, like, last year when people were voting for you for, like, uh, social media, whatever it was, maybe FSWA, whatever it was, for that award, yeah. right? And they were, FSTA, like, campaign. Yeah. Okay. Uh, FSTA, FSWA, they're all organizations out there that support what we do. I just, yeah, there, there's a difference, though. So it's just, I just Fair enough. You're up for that award. And, like, there were campaign slogans and signs and stuff in the studio and stuff like that. We need to maybe um, – you know, make the Sealy Martinez ticket or the Martinez Sealy ticket, whatever the case may be. Make Maybe the All Star Game them. great again. Yeah, and that could be part of our platform. Well, I think they already that could made be it part great of our again. platform. Just you make know? it better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, they've made some changes of the home run derby that we like. Maybe they need to keep on going and push it forward with the bats and all that stuff as well. I digress, though. Jake, let's get into our third sport because I think we're going to talk four sports on this hour. Um, Our third sport is obviously the NFL. People are getting ready. People are getting ready for their drafts. And boy, oh, boy. Jake, we have an actual uh, piece of news. You know, this is not one of these, uh, oh, it's just July news kind of things. We have an actual incident. Jake. I have used the bathroom at the W Hotel in Scottsdale, um, and they let me. It was no kind of problem. You know, uh, it's a beautiful place. It's very nice. I did a little pool party action up there. Shout out to my man Joe Teitelman out there. Um, 
Not the case for Ricky Seals-Jones. Arizona Cardinals tight end was trying to, you know, got to go, you got to go. But apparently then he tried to go in a restaurant in the hotel or whatever, wind up getting a physical altercation with like the bouncer or the security guard. Uh, This is interesting. Uh, So coming off, uh, you know, I hear a promo, Jake, as we use as a commercial, where you and uh, our guy, the fantasy executive, were already giving the king, Scott Angle, a little bit of grief because you guys thought he overpaid for Ricky Seals Jones in an auction. Not thought he did. All right. Well, there you go. And that this may this news may compound that. Well, what's your read on this situation? I think the problem here, Jake, as, and we've discussed this, the NFL is so inconsistent that I have no way to read the tea leaves on this one. But I'm going to let you try. What do you think happens as a, as a result of this? What we hear from Ricky Seals Jones? No, it's the same thing. Like you said, there's no way to know. I mean, if you read the account, too, it's, he shoved them in the shoulder with one hand. It wasn't even like it was kind of one of those probably, you know, get off me type of things or just right. get out of my way. This is the thing is it's getting so annoying nowadays with all this stuff, with, you know, all these situations of you know, go back to Foster and stuff like that. This one, you know, obviously something happened. This isn't making up a story. But at the same time, really, we have to charge him with assault like really it's assault like assault like definitely people should be if it's assault please call the cops please put the people in jail please have them arrested no problem with that but you giving you a little shove on the shoulder to get out of my way cuz I'm trying to go to the bathroom like I've I've shoved people in the shoulders in New York when they won't respect the, the like the the area on the sidewalk thinking they own the entire sidewalk that's got 17 people trying to walk side by side on it and they give you the shoulder shove and I give them the shove back it's so what you're going to call assault on me like that. And that's my point. It's like, really, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, this is the kind of sensitive PC kind of culture that we're in on some level. I hear what you're saying and how, how uh, serious of an incident this may or may not have been. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I think the hard part, Jake, is when you overlay this with what we have described before as the ridiculous inconsistency of how the NFL might treat this, you know, and I think that's where it becomes a little bit crazy. I mean, you personally, like Scott, had Ricky Seals-Jones as something like number 10 in his rankings, right? You had him far lower, although we have talked about him as someone who could kind of break out in your last rankings. You have Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm looking at PPR scoring, Jake. You have him as tight end 19, but that is, you know, say, whatever, three, point, uh, three spots ahead, say, of consensus or ADP. Um, I know you didn't adjust LaShawn McCoy after the reports came out from him. Are you going to adjust Ricky Seals-Jones no. in your ranks? No. Not until, not until, or if, or until the NFL like actually does come out and say he's going to be suspended for say two games or something like that. Yep. Okay. When that happens, we will check in with Jake and see the impact at that point. But we can't, uh, we can't make that decision until we actually know what the details are. And the challenge comes because, like we said, the NFL is incredibly inconsistent with how they kind of treat these things. Um, you want to move on, Jake? You want to move on to our Dallas Cowboys? It looks like they are. Oh, no, no. We got some other news and notes. I want to ask you about this Brandon Cook's contract extension, Jake. He gets a five-year, $80 million deal. But you have taught me well, Jake. You have taught me to look at the guaranteed money. And out of this $80 million deal, it looks like only $20 million of it is guaranteed. I got to ask you a question. Like, why are the Rams so comfortable spending so much of their money 
on the wide receiver position. You know, they have Robert Woods to a big contract. Let's not forget about the Tavon Austin deal that happened well, a few years Robert, ago. Robert that, Woods isn't a big contract till next year. He's got zero dead money after this year. Okay, but still, like, they are investing at the wide receiver position, Jake. Um, what, 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 uh, what do you think is behind this? Do you think this is smart allocation of resources by the Los Angeles Rams? We have talked about how they have, you know, they have a herd. They have Cooks. They have Woods. They have Cup. You know, all their pass catchers. Um, and we talked about how close these guys may or may not be. They are supporting Jared Goff, you know, with the XYZ affair, right? A Cup out of the slot. A Woods who could do that toe-tup to toe-tap stuff, a guy like Cooks who is that downfield threat to replace a Sammy Watkins. Do you believe, I guess, do you agree with this kind of uh, model of team construction and, uh, you know, with these, all, these, uh, all this money on the guys on the outside? I mean, uh, obviously, we could sit here and say we agree or we don't, and I think it's too much to invest too, and especially at the wide receiver position. I mean, you look at a team like the Patriots who have done the complete opposite, that pretty mm-hmm. much have invested that contract across all their wide receivers, like the total. And that includes Edelman and the rest. So, you know, you can look at it both ways. It's just a culture, obviously. It's a culture difference between the two is the fact that, on the one hand, you know, the the Patriots are going to do it their way. They also have Tom Brady at quarterback. And then you have the Rams with the offensive-minded head coach, Sean McVay, who's going to go the other direction. Do I think it's smart? No. Do I think Brandon Cooks deserves the kind of money that he's getting now? He's the fourth highest paid wide, highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. No, because I don't think he's a complete wide receiver. Uh, he's still very young, so that's a good thing. But this mm-hmm. is where they want to invest. And like I said, the fact is, if you look at it, Robert Woods after this season as zero dip, they can move on from Robert Woods after this season. They can go with Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. So it's not like they're tied down to three wide receivers in big money because Cooper Cup's going to be coming up in another so it's one, two, three, so another two years. So the fact that he's not going to have a contract next year that's going to be huge. Woods will be gone. So it's not investing that much when you really think about it. It just is for this season. Fair enough. But here's, here's part of what I'm thinking about also with the Rams, Jake. I mean, Todd Gurley's going to be done with his rookie deal real soon. Uh, they're going to have to address that. Jared Goff, similarly, they're going to have to address. We all talk about Le'Veon Bell and holdouts and all that and franchise tag, but, you know, they got Aaron Donald coming up as well. They decided to take on the Indomitian. Yeah, but that's not, the, that's not the wide receiver position. You've got no, you you to pay at least one wide receiver if you want top-end talent there. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, you know, might they be pe- painting themselves in a corner as it relates to a Gurley or a Goff contract, which are on the horizon for sure? No. No, absolutely not. It's like I said, they don't have Woods after this season. They can let him go for nothing. Where are their other big contracts? Those are going to be coming up, and Donald. they'll pay them. Yeah, they pay, they'll pay Gurley and Donald next year. Golf is at least another year or two away. Uh, this is Goff's, what, third year? Yeah, because Winston and Mariota are in year four, yeah. so Goff and Winston And they'll get three. the fifth-year option on top. So he's of got them. two more years do... on Goff, right? Yeah. And maybe they argue after the fourth year because of the fifth-year option and similar mm-hmm. to Odo Beckham and all that type of stuff. But the fact is, they, it, they'll make it work. You can have five people that are getting paid a decent amount of money in the NFL. Okay. 
All right. You know, I'm just saying it is a, it is a domino effect. When you pull on one string, you have a little bit less slack on some of the others. Um, but it does speak to also the Rams. It looks to me, Jake, like the Rams are kind of all in for this year. They know they have some of this stuff on the horizon. They take on Indomitian Sue. They go and get the contracts of like Peters and Tlaib and people like that as well. It looks like they're taking their shot, you know, before. Like I look at the Seattle Seahawks, right? They had their shot when Russell Wilson was still not making as much money, right? When his contract comes up, it causes constraints elsewhere. It seems like this, uh, this window before they have to, you know, have some of the crunch. I understand what you're saying, but it, some of the crunch for them financially is on the horizon, and it looks like they're going for it right now, even taking on Indomitian Sue as a contract. Um, Jake, speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, and speaking of kind of like money constraints and what that does for your flexibility, um, Earl Thomas is still out there, and yesterday, I believe it was, he was like, listen, extend me or trade me. Now, this can go one of three ways, Jake, and I want you to almost to like kind of handicap these for me. One way is Seattle can turn around and trade him, Right. One thing is, you know, Seattle can kind of turn around and agree to him and like extend his contract. Or the other thing that can happen is nothing. And eventually Earl Thomas decides to not sit out, not hold out and comes back and plays out the rest of his contract almost with his hat in his hands. Which of those three are the most likely outcome to you? How do you think this one plays out for Earl Thomas and the Seattle Seahawks? At this point, I have no clue. I mean, we've been doing this how long now? An entire off season. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to happen. It's like, ideally, he wants out of there for him. But at the same time, it's it's sports, man. It's all sports. Depending on the situation, what are you going to do? Like, how much leverage do you really have? Le'Veon Bell. What did I say from day one on Le'Veon Bell? He's going to hold out. Not going to get a contract. He's going to play week one. I, I, I said that the entire time because that's the unfortunate situation when it comes to the franchise tag and how the NFL is set up. There is no recourse. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing Aaron Donald can do. The only thing they can do is sit out six games, which unfortunately cost them millions of dollars. So there's no point in doing it. Like the, the way, like the NFL Players Association screwed the pooch when they had this situation and they agreed to it. And obviously this is going to be a huge sticking point next agreement. And it should be so when it comes to situations like this i have no idea anymore I mean, I, honestly i think it's just going to be earl thompson's playing on the seahawks next year at the same time it would have surprised me if he's gone one way or another but this is this is what the nfl set up yeah i mean yes <laughs> yes it is true um it is true and even though it is june or july we still got to fill this time with all the same with all the same projections and speculations that some of the beat writers do and things of that nature. When we talk about Earl Thomas, we even remember things like last year during the season at the end of that Cowboys game, it's been widely reported how he went to Jason Garrett and sort of was like, hey, come try and get me, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, these are kind of like the only tactics that Earl Thomas has, you know, it's like kind of the only bullets left in his chamber. So we'll see how he plays it and we'll see how the Seattle Seahawks respond. As you know, Jake, our guy Scotty Angle as a big time Seahawks fan is certainly hoping that he winds up staying with the, uh, as the only member of the Legion of Boom. As we mentioned, Jake, Earl Thomas was talking about Dallas as a potential option and Dallas is the team that we are going to break down in our team by team previews, uh, you know, 
kind of as we stay focused on the NFC East, we've been talking about Dallas for a while, you know, the loss of Des Bryant, the loss of Jason Witten. We'll talk about the implications of this, who can potentially take that opportunity, and if they're a smart bet over on mybookie.ag with the season win total. It's Jake Seeley and the spitting statistician right here on Roto Experts in the Morning where we put the fun in functional sports radio. Big Papa bringing you into the weekend. Come on right back. We're having fun on a Wednesday. Scott Engel likes it raw, apparently, here. Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jake Seeley, the all-in kid and number one ranker, accuracy expert in the business. I'm merely the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We put the fun and functional sports radio here. Roto Experts in the morning. Jake! A lot of stuff right there. I know I heard you guys. I heard the commercial. You and my man, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, giving Scott Angle a little bit of heat because he went ahead and got Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, Scott's not having a good one. You know, he, he drafted LaShawn McCoy in the Scott Fishbowl League like hours before the news broke on McCoy last week. He apparently, uh, you know, bought Ricky Seals Jones. Many people would say he maybe overpaid for them in the beginning anyway. And then this news comes down. Uh, Scott, though, responding to Corey Parsons. What do you think about the King uh, getting a little hot and bothered there about this? What do you think there, Jake? Well, that's fine. If you want to fire back, it doesn't change the fact that you shouldn't have spent $15 on Ricky Seals Jones. Fair enough. Let me ask you something because you do the Flex League, right, Jake? Yeah. He was, uh, he was talking about how he didn't get any, any, any cash, any cheddar, any, uh, any cold hard cash because of the Flex League, but he got his stacks from GST. He got his three grand. Is, uh, is, the Flex, is Flex not a money league? No, it's a small money league. I got you. Okay, so he so he actually did get money, but it wasn't that much. But that's not the point of the flex leagues. The point of the flex leagues is to get the best of the best in the industry together, similar to tout wars in baseball. Right. So that's why it has the prestige it does, and it's also just about getting together and hanging out with each other once a year because a lot of us don't get to see each other, and it's a way to connect for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that is the beauty of all fantasy sports, right? It's about that camaraderie. So many people do this with maybe friends from high school or whatever, and they've moved across the country, across the world. You know, the funny part, Jake, is in some of my home leagues, the hardest part is finding out a draft time because we have to also, you know, accommodate people that live in, you know, London or in, you know, Seoul, South Korea, how fantasy sports really bring people together. You're talking yep. about that being the kind of uh, gist of any league. I completely agree. Well, it, it, you know what? Honestly, if, if, he, if he wants, I could find a replacement for Scott in the Flex Leagues. If, Ooh, he, doesn't you, if he doesn't think it's prestigious enough. Listen, I mean, Scott, listen Jake, you he, know, I've been clamoring to get into more expert leagues here, too. Oh, let me ask you this, Dane. If you're playing in a home league and your pot yeah. is $20,000. Sure. Does that make your competition immediately better than the best of the best in the experts just because it's more money? Not necessarily. It could. I mean, there, there's a – Not necessarily. Maybe. Maybe. It, not it does, it more No, it doesn't more necessarily stakes, make it more competitive, more competitive either. Competitive, right. It makes it more – exactly, and more stakes. That's a crutch argument that because there's more money, it's best what Medica used to do. What, the NFFC is definitively better than everything else because right. it's more money? 
No, I just I agree with you, Jake. And to be quite honest, I'd love to find the league that is higher stakes and less competitive. To be quite honest, uh, <laughs> I know? would too. <laughs> you if you're gonna, I mean? like, if you're gonna tell me there's a ten thousand dollar buy-in with a bunch of moose in fish. it, I'm gonna, exactly. I'm gonna, I'll join it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, Jake. We're trying to win our leagues and win that cash. You know what I'm saying? But Jake, all I'm saying is, I'm just throwing it out there again. If there's any spots in the flex league, you guys do. You guys. I draft told you what? you're at the waiting list. I told you you're on the waiting list. There's no, waiting list. Saying. I can't. There's only so much I can do. Like you're on the waiting list. Uh, dang, who, dang, I'm trying to think man. like people that you might even know that I've even told it's on the waiting list. And it's this all is a, good. This is with Florio get booted out because he can't be here. So I know yeah, Florio is uh, leaving on a jet plane. The, uh, the Tazi the brothers are on the waiting list. And okay. There's a couple. So who know. do we have in this league? Can you tell me a little bit of who are the who are the amazing uh, people that are. Uh, you know, putting small amounts of money into this league and competing with the best of the best. I know you are in it. I know Scott is in it. Who's the rest of this league there, Jake? Well, the the, the one of DC mm. is Murchison, okay. Corey Parson, Gano, yeah. David Ganos, for people gotcha. that know David Ganos. Great, one of the best in the business. Great guy. Sure. J- Jeff Hazley, Jody Smith, Joe Dolan, Carl Shafchik, Michael Rathburn, Rich Rebar, Scott Fish, and Steve right. Gallo. Steve Gallo won last year. And then New York as Adam Azer, Adam Ronis. Bob Long, Brandy Marianne Lee, Dennis Esser, Elliot Christ, Eric Young. Yes, yes, Eric Young. The ah, sanity. Nice. Yep. Uh, Frank Stample, because he's still here. Graham, right. Graham Bear, Barfield, Jamie Eisenberg, Jeff Ratcliffe, Jeff, Jen Ryan, Jim McCormick, Joe Pizapia, Maria Marino, Matt Medica, awesome. Mike Taglier, who actually, maybe, Pat Thorman, Rick Wolf, Scott Barrett, Scott Angle, Tim Haney. And so... You know, if if there's a spot, you're at the t- there's like three people right. at the top. There's a there's actually like a six person waiting list, but I'm on the, the middle of the list. I'm towards the uh, middle of that list. You're more towards the top. All right, I'll take I'll take two out two or three out of six. You can tell uh, you can take Scott's place apparently. Hey, listen, Scott doesn't apparently he doesn't you know. Hey, all I know is that he wanted he he it didn't sit well with him. Let's put it that way. It didn't sit well with him that you guys were uh, already giving him smack for the uh, fifteen dollars I believe it was for RSJ and compounding the issue was whatever took place at the W Hotel in Scottsdale. Yes, that's what happens when you're wrong. You come after other people. I, I hear you, Jake. I hear you. You know, uh, we try learned. to you try to defer it. We've learned we've learned this practice from our commander in tweets. In fact, you know, the idea of deflecting and you know, kind of, hey, look at this shiny thing over there. Anytime something may be closing in, but that's not what we're here for. I digress, Jake. Um, it sounds like we're not necessarily going to have some time to speak with Colin Drew today. He usually does join us here on Wednesdays to talk a little bit of PGA golf. We do have a huge major championship. Uh, you know, going on this week in Scotland, in Carnoustie, the Open Championship. So what I will do, to, guys, is I'm telling you, go on over to rotoexperts.com. Go to dailyroto.com, okay? We can't say this enough. At Daily Roto, they make millionaires. We talked with Colin Drew uh, when they were doing the Masters, I think it was, Jake, right? The last, or the U.S., no, I think it was the U.S. Open, the last major. The guy who did win the Millionaire Maker was a Daily Roto subscriber. So listen, unless you're allergic to money, you should definitely go on over over to Daily Roto, to Roto Experts, and get all the insights there. I was going to put together a lineup, Jake, but I was going to put together a lineup based on what Colin Drew told me, you know, so to try and beat all the fish that play in just the majors. But uh, I'm myself going to have to go on over to uh, RotoExperts.com, to DailyRoto.com, and get all the insight that we need. I do think it's interesting, Jake, and then we'll move on to the Dallas Cowboys, but like, I always think it's cool watching the British Open, or the Open as they call it now, because like, 
Those bunkers are so crazy. The grass is so crazy. It's like a real hazardous course. It seems like uh, there's a lot of that native area in these uh, open championships, right, Jake? Well, that's, I wanted to ask about the question is the fact that it's supposed to be really dry, too. So the huh. thing is the ball could travel an extra 50 to 100 yards, and that's not an exaggeration. I, I read that. An extra hmm. 50 to 100 yards wow. on the ground. Like that the fairways are going to be faster than the greens. So wow. I wanted to know, does that mean like driving accuracy is king? Because yeah. you, know, if you, you might not want it to go an extra 70 yards because it might roll an extra 70 yards or straight into a bunker, as you said. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. I, I, I thought about it in the same way, Jake. I think this maybe favors some of the control players, right? Because you ain't got to bang it. But if you can control that, even if you don't have huge length, it may not matter given the conditions and given the dryness that you say. But here, Jake and I, we are not necessarily <laughs> uh, the uh, golf experts, but you should definitely go on over to DailyRoto.com. What's that? What did I say? There, no, about, no, uh, no it's, just, it's, it's not about the size of the drive. It's about... Ah. Yeah, how you use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, Jake. You know, I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about, uh, you just mentioned that when you know you're wrong or when you're not confident, you go attack other people. I don't want to seem like we're not confident about that, Jake, you know? Oh, I wasn't saying that. I was just, I don't, <laughs> I, don't hit the, I don't hit the ball very far. I could be honest about that. Fair enough. Listen, My golf I, game is lacking because I don't have the power. I hear you. I hear you. I try and keep it, I just try and keep it straight also. Listen, if I can control uh, my accuracy... I don't care. I'll humble myself and, you know, pull out the six iron all the time. But in any event, Jake, we do have just a couple of minutes before Carton and Friends takes over. Our guy Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, part of that show. We'll see what he has to say after he hears that retort from the King Scott Angle. But uh, with the time we have left, let's talk a little bit about these Dallas Cowboys. You know, we, we – oh, oh, what, 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 kind of bre- what kind of breaking news do we have? Okay, it's final. It's final, Jake. Uh, we talked about it. We talked about it early this hour. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has, in fact, it looks like the deal is done. It looks like Kawhi Leonard has, in fact, been traded to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan. It looks like these things are becoming official. But, Jake, we talked about this, right? You know, kind of all-star for all-star. I believe this is maybe, you know, kind of a, one of the best-case scenarios for the Spurs, Jake. You know, like, they didn't have much leverage in this situation. So to get back another all-star, another Olympian, Sort of a pretty good haul for San Antonio, given the leverage that they did or did not have, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to yeah, add said, to it at this point. It. Besides, no, I know. I just, but besides the fact is that's where I'll agree with you. I do agree with it for, for everything we knew about the Spurs and thinking their hand was forced and they'd have to take, you know, 80 cents on the dollar or whatever. I'm actually surprised they got what they did. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's Popovich working some magic. Um, was able to, you know, get back maybe not 100 cents on the dollar, but I mean, you know, hey. They got a multi-time all-star. They got a United States Olympian out of the deal. They got a – yeah, what's up? No, go ahead. No, finish your point. I was kind of like – continue. Finish your point. And then I was like, hey, Dane. That was like a hey, Dane, finish your point, and then you can realize that I was – like, I didn't want you to continue into the next one. I got you. I got you. That was pretty much the end. Like we said, you know, given the leverage that they did or did not have, I do think they wind up going pretty well on this. What's up, Jake? So I wanted to say, because there's not a ton of time, did you want to talk about the Cowboys or save it tomorrow and then talk about something that I just found about what the MLB commissioner said about Mike Trout? 
let's talk about what you just found, brother man. That sounds good. And then what we could do is that then fits the rest of our NFC East previews into the rest of the week, right? So we could talk Dallas tomorrow. We could finish off the week with the New York football giants on Friday. And then it fits into that week and we can move to the last division, which is the AFC East. We could talk about that next week. So go ahead, Jake. What are we, what's the commissioner saying about uh, Mike Trout? So Mike Trout's basically, he's saying it's actually Mike Trout, it's Mike Trout's fault that he's not more popular. He Ooh, said, back to is, our face of baseball brackets. Yeah, so this is his quote. It says, Mike has made decisions on what he wants to do, doesn't want to do, how he wants to spend his free time or not spend his free time. I think we could help make him, his, I think we could help him make his brand very big, but he has to make a decision to engage. It takes time and effort. Interesting. That is interesting to me. And here's my kind of knee-jerk question to you, Jake, and I don't know if this is where you want to go with this. To what extent do professional athletes have an obligation uh, to represent their brand in the public in that sort of way? You know, like, I, I, like Mike Trout, to me, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to be out in front, like we talk about with Bryce Harper and others, like, that's fine. But if he wants to be a kind of, like, you know, a homebody or a quiet kind of guy who goes about doing his business. I also think that's fine. The one analogy I'll make, and I don't know if it's a perfect one, Jake, you know, I talk about things like, and we talk about hip hop sometimes, right? We talk, I talk about like most deaf or rappers that are quote unquote socially conscious, right? And others that are just talking that, you know, you know, uh, self-aggrandizing gang life stuff, whatever it is. And it's been raised, like, what obligation do these rappers or performers have to be conscious, to have that as part of what they do? So I'd ask the same thing about the athletes. What obligation do they have to uh, build their brand as it seems like Manfred wants Trout to do? I don't think any player has any obligation. Right. If, you know, if, if Manfred – well, there's two things here. Manfred's point – is correct. If your mm-hmm. player wants to, do, you know, if he wants to be quiet and to himself and, you know, doesn't want to get engaged, doesn't want to be involved, doesn't want to make himself big and well known, that's fine. Some players are like that. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example is a friend that I know is a lifelong, since they were kids, friend of Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals. Okay. If you've noticed, Ryan Zimmerman, you've never heard anything. You rarely hear him interviewed. He just, he, you. Anybody that doesn't even know the Nationals, actually some people who don't even know the Nationals might even not know who he is or what he does or if, what's his personality. Nobody knows his personality because that's what he is. He doesn't like talking to people. He wants to do his thing and be left alone. There's other people like David Wright, and obviously it helped it being in the New York media, but at the same time, you know, he's out there uh, you know, willing to talk to anybody, always smiling and happy when he's on the microphone. Right. You could think of like Chris Bryant for the same thing. Curtis so, Anderson. Yeah, you don't have to be. If you could be your personality, you are who you have to be. Like, it's not like basketball where you have to do your mm-hmm. post-game interviews. It's not that type of stuff. So that point, he's correct. The fact of what baseball could do and all that type of stuff, he's out of his damn mind. Like, what has baseball done for anybody? Honestly, I'm not talking about baseball, the sport. I'm talking about baseball, MLB. What have they done for anybody? They've done nothing. They're, we know Judge because he plays in New York and he hits mammoth home runs. We, baseball, MLB specifically hasn't done anything for him. Like, nothing. Like the, people become face of baseball just because they're great and there's something that catches us. Like, that's what my argument about Jose Altuve was. And Jose Altuve is helped by the fact that he's short, too. But two years ago, even being 5'6", still nobody knew. Like, nobody knew what he looks like. The fact is, baseball's got a face and identity problem because MLB does nothing 
to help their players. It, Manfred is 100% out of his mind on this one. They have done and, nothing to, to, to support. Like, ask football fans who don't really watch baseball, and I did it. I texted That's what we were doing, that whole bracket thing. Yeah. I texted my buddy who barely watches baseball ever, even when the World Series is on, and I asked him to name the top five players in baseball. He could name two people, and it was Judge, and I forget who the other It wasn't Trout. I forget who the other one was at this point. Interesting. And here's the thing, Jake. I'll take it a step further. Not only are they doing things to help people get out there, I would go further to say, in fact, they are stifling people and their creativity and their expression. I'm reminded of Bryce Harper, who wanted to put like the 100 emoji on his bat. Oh, that was the other one he said. Oh, Bryce Harper? You know, we talked yeah. about like how we like the bats, you know, that was coming out. We talk about other forms of expression and how, quite frankly, Major League Baseball, I think, is stifling this instead of embracing and championing and, and, and like helping provide pathways for this for its players. If anything, I believe it's kind of still of an old era where it's trying to norm and like kind of uh, cookie cut everything. Right. And almost stifling the expression of players. We talk about this all the time, whether it be the bat flip whether it be what we talked about having those bats out there, whether it's about, like, we don't see Major League Baseball players on the David Led or, or you know, on, on uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. So, yeah, I right. hear you, and I would even say that the first step would be to, like, just allow freedom of expression, right, so that people can build their own brands in the way that they want with the platform that is Major League Baseball. You know what I'm saying, Jake? A hundred percent. Like you're right. If, if they are doing anything, they're doing they're the cycling. exact opposite. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe they'll see kind of the uh, positive response of things like the bats that we talked about in the home run derby and like others and what some of the football players or people in other sports are doing and take their cue because they are losing, uh, you know, share in the society to other sports. But I digress. That'll do it for us today. Carton and Friends up next. Jake, we'll talk Cowboys tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see what uh, Scott and Corey have to say back and forth throughout the day. (laughs) Have a good one.